Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. You know, we were born for encounter. In the, gar- in the, in the Garden of Eden, when, when, man, when man was formed from the dust and the Father breathed life into man. Just imagine with me that when Adam's life came into him, that God-breathed life came in, his eyes opened, and the first thing he saw was face-to-face with his father. He said he breathed the breath into his nostrils. In other words, he was face-to-face. The first sound Adam heard was the sound of his father's voice. The first emotion he ever felt was the response to unconditional love, total acceptance. That's what you are born for. That's what you were born for. You were not born for religion. You were not born to come in a room on one day a week and just go through the motions and hopefully get something out of it. You were born for encounter with the living God. And Jesus came to bridge the gap of anything in your life or my life that keeps us from face-to-face encounter with the Father. He said, I'm the way. Yeshua said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to the Father but through me. Why did he come? So that we could come to the Father. So that we could return to face-to-face encounter. That's what you're born for. Are you experiencing that right now? The invitation of the Father is come, come, come. I don't want to just do church today. How about y'all? I don't know what you came expecting today. I don't know what you came with anticipation. I was telling Grant this morning, it feels like Christmas morning around here to me this morning. I don't know if I'm the only one, but like I'm so my expectations are so high about what the Lord wants to do in lives today. I believe that there are people in this room that the Lord, you felt like you've been in bondage and in chains. I don't know if it's addiction. I don't know what it is, but the Lord wants to set you free completely today. And not just to get you to get you through the next Sunday. I'm talking about you can live on free, in freedom on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you don't have to wait for another fill up at the gas tank on Sunday. Jesus said the woman at the well, he said, he said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The living, the living water is not in church on Sunday. It's in you. But there's, there's something that's blocking. There's just something that's blocking some of the people in here. There's a freedom that's going to just burst out today and you're going to be set free. I told the team this morning, I said, I thought about Jesus when uh, Mary told him at the wedding at Cana, you know, hey, Jesus, they're running out of wine. And And he says, my time's not yet come. And she just looks at the servant. She says, do whatever he says. And I told the team this morning, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing whatever he says. Like, let's do whatever he says this morning. So I really feel like there's a few things I want to lean into. Um, And this is, Anytime you obey, 
it might be messy and there's always risk involved. Did you know that? Moses stood before the king, the most powerful king in the world. And God said, drop your staff. I mean, just drop it in the floor. It's a little disrespectful, don't you think? Probably. And he dropped it and it turned into a serpent and God showed his power. But if he did not drop that, I wonder if God would have shown his power. It takes an act of obedience. And so I'm just going to be obedient in what I feel like the Lord's saying today. I could 100% be wrong, but I could 100% be right. And if it, if it involves one of you being healed or set free today, I'd rather be wrong than not talk. Okay? So here's the deal. Um, does anybody have, does anybody here have an esophagus tear or there's something with your esophagus that you're having esophageal. Listen to me using those big medical terms. Anybody lift your hand high and don't come to me afterwards and say that was me. Do you know how embarrassing this is right now for you to just be holding that in? I'm just kidding. Esophagus. How about like gut problems? Something about like where the stomach, that's you. All right. Andrea Hooper, where are you? Go back to that back corner and pray for that gentleman right there. I saw Andrea praying for somebody back there with, with a gut issue or something uh, in my mind as we were praying before service today. So here's the, here's the theology behind this. Sometimes the Lord will show you things. It's called a word of knowledge. It's 1 Corinthians, one of the gifts of the Spirit. where And he does this for healing sometimes where it's like maybe gives you an impression in your mind or you feel something in your body of like, hey, I want to heal that today. And it gives the person faith. And it gives Andrea faith because she's about to pray for him, okay? So it's something the Lord's highlighting. Um, is anybody in the room, would you say, I feel like I'm just, I know there's one thing about being stuck. I know we've, that's some of the language, terminology we've been using lately. But you feel like there is something from the enemy that is literally, you feel like you're in a straitjacket spiritually. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands and not be afraid. Okay, I see one. Anybody else? You feel like you're just in a, in a straitjacket spiritually. Okay, could I ask that you guys that have your hands raised come right over here? Just come on. I'm not going to call you up here or anything. I just want you to come up to the front and get prayer. Um, Dan, pray for him. Hope, pray for him. And Bethany, where's, where are you at? Come up here and pray. Oh, this is where Aunt Mary Beth and Grant, y'all come, come up here just a second. I'm just trying to be obedient to what the Lord's saying, okay? I want you just to pray for it. Just put your hands on somebody and pray. I want you to pray for freedom. I want you to pray for deliverance from captivity. All right, everybody in the room, just start praying. Just pray out loud if you want to. That's a good word. Well, you should, you should share that and you pray for them. Hey, um, so during worship, I just felt like my left knee getting hot. So if you have like left knee pain issues, like I'd love to pray with you. Um, yeah, thanks. No, right, right, sorry. Sorry, I was homeschooled. Right knee. If you got right knee problems, 
uh, she's going to stand right here. Come over, come over here, and uh, and you pray. Y'all get prayer. Right knee. This is what the Lord does sometimes. Sometimes He hijacks things, and that's okay, right? So um, if you've got knee knee issues, come up for prayer. We just pray freedom and wholeness and fullness over in Jesus' name. I got a brother right here that I met how many years ago? Three. About three years ago. He says, uh, I don't know the number. He says he was number five in the door of the dwelling on launch day. And I remember him. James is, uh, James has got a testimony of God's faithfulness and he just wanted to release, release that today. He got prayer back there today. Uh. My name is James, and I just want to let everybody know that a little over three years ago, I walked into the church of the theater on the south side. I was in trouble. I didn't know where to go. As a matter of fact, I went to the mall just to try to leave some frustration, and I ended up at the theater with this gentleman here. They welcomed me through the door. He seen that I had a lot on my shoulders. 
he prayed with him. I told him, I said, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, but I'm not feeling right. Something's not going on. And for about three or four Sundays, he prayed for me. He called me. He talked. Me and my wife was going through difficulties. And I went to work one day, and I had so much on my mind. And I had to climb up a 40-foot ladder to do the job that I was assigned to do. To make a long story short, whenever I got to the top of the ladder, I fell. Whenever I fell, I could hear and feel the bones crushing in my body. I didn't know what to do. And to be honest, even though I was going to church, I didn't know anything about God. Old as I am, I feel embarrassed. But you know what? Laying on that bed, that deathbed, and the only pain medication that man could give me was to knock me out. It was no, it was no pain medication at that time that they could give me to relieve the pain other than to put me back to sleep for a day or two days. And I stayed awoke three weeks. I can remember coming awake two or three times. Other than that, I was knocked out. My friends left me out of three years. My friends left me. My family, they, they drilled off. I didn't have no income coming in. I didn't know how to make it. Tears, I cried every day, and I didn't know why I was crying. And one day I woke up, and I got a message from this man here, an email. And I say, baby, do you remember the pastor? And she said, yeah. I said, one day, I'm going to go back to my church. This is my home. I said, I'm going to go back. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed because I didn't have nothing else to do, nobody else to depend on. God brought me through. Whenever they told me that I couldn't walk again, whenever they told me that I have a limp, whenever they told me I wouldn't be able to go back to work, whenever they told me that my life was basically over physically, I got on my knees and I prayed. And God knows I started back walking. I started back loving. I started, I, I started back, I had faith. And I started back remembering who I was. All that where the devil was telling me to give up, God was telling me to hold on. And I'm here today, and I just thank God for everything I've been through, everybody I had. And I am proud to be back with my family. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up a shout this morning. He's good. Jesus. He's good, isn't he? You were born for encounter. 
Nobody's told you yet this week, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. And he's good. And he's always there. Ooh, okay. Y'all feel good? I just lo I love that. I love that whole deal right there. <laughs> All right. So um, have y'all been enjoying communities? I was in a community uh, group down uh, in the downtown group with the Jays this past week. And uh, one of my favorite things in the world, I was just kind of like fighting back tears uh, at a few points because they would just stop and just do ministry to people and just pray for people. And, uh, and that's, I don't know if you're in a community or not, but don't deprive yourself of the, the people of God in your life to strengthen you and come along and, um, and just encourage you when you're low or I'll pray for you when you're hurting or whatever. It's just beautiful. If you've experienced that in community yourself, go and just lift a hand and say, community has, has impacted my life. Um, the dwellingchurch.org, our website, there's a button that says find a community. Just click on that and you can join a community if you're not in one already. All right. Um, Y'all, we're two weeks away from Easter. Easter Sunday is April the 9th. We are headed, we're doing two services that day, uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And uh, if you are, um, if you have a coworker that you know does, does not know the Lord or is not in, not in church somewhere, this is your sign to invite them to Easter, okay, April 9th. If you got a neighbor that they're not going to church or they're not, they don't know the Lord, that, you're, that you know of, invite them. This is the purpose of Easter, is to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the res resurrection life that he's given us, but it's also to invite other people in on that, okay? So um, I'm going to be a hog on Easter, and I'm going to eat a lot of Cadbury, Cadbury cream mix and peeps. <laughs> Who are my peeps people? Some of y'all are, are you kidding me? How about Cadbury cream eggs? Y'all probably the same people, right? Who's too health conscious to do anything on Easter? Okay. But I'm not going to be a hog when it comes to just keeping Jesus for myself, okay? So invite somebody to Easter services. What time are they? 9 and 11, April 9th. Let's, um, let's go ahead and get started in our message this morning. We're in a series called Becoming, and I want to... Is Alan and Sarah in here? Will y'all come on up real quick? I want to get them um, up here to share something real fast. But we've been in a series uh, called Becoming, and we're becoming like Christ. Every one of us in this room and watching series talking to me again, um, everyone in this room and watching online, we're at a different place in the journey, but we're all on the same journey. There's a, a, a guy named Robert Mulholland who wrote a book called Invitation to a Journey, which I would recommend. We're borrowing a lot from this book in this series. I love this stuff. It really gives language to discipleship and growing in Jesus. But he said this, the definition of spiritual formation is the process of becoming formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. All right. So I want to give the mic over to Alan and Sarah. Y'all hey, say hey to them. How long have you guys been at the dwelling? Like uh, since 2019. So about four years and uh, the Lord has been doing so much in their lives, and I asked them to come share 
a little bit about what the Lord's done because I know that many of you guys are going to say, oh, if God can do that in their life, he can do it in mine. And that's the power of the testimony, right? Yeah. Whew, where do we start here? Um, it's amazing that a three-minute voice memo from Gunnar asking to share a testimony can cause so much stress and anxiety over a weekend. <laughs> Just his voice memo is longer than a testimony he wants us to share. Um, but um, it's, it's so timely. Like that song, Yeshua, is what... I went to in this time period, because I know Gunnar had asked a few weeks ago, where were you about two years ago? And just over two years ago, our marriage was hitting a wall. Like, we didn't know we'd be there. We had infertility issues and a ton of other stuff going on, um, and it was a struggle. Like, we were really, really at a point where we had to to get with Jesus to, to continue, mm-hmm. I think, our marriage. Yeah. So it kind of seemed like, and I'm sure that all of you guys can relate to this, where it feels like one thing keeps happening and then another thing happens. Um, So we were having pretty serious infertility issues, and then that was causing a lot of pressure on our marriage. And then when we thought that it couldn't get any worse, um, we did get pregnant, and then we went through a miscarriage together. Um, And so we really in a bunch of areas in our marriage, just hit rock bottom. Um, And we hit a wall that we would not have been able to have gotten through without obviously Christ. And then of course, our community here. Um, We moved from Atlanta about five years ago. And I remember talking to my boss saying, I have no idea why we're moving from Atlanta. I have no idea why we're coming to Savannah, Georgia. It is really pretty. (laughs) Um, But we know now that Jesus wanted to put us here and in this community because he knew that we were going to hit that roadblock and he wanted us to be surrounded by like-minded people who are filled with Jesus because there's no way we would have been able to make it out without Gunnar and Bethany and a few others and Jesus. Um, So all of this to say, if, you know, Ashley was singing, the same God is the God in the valleys as in the mountains, If you are feeling like you are in a valley, I want you to know that we are here to support you. Um, You are loved greatly by Jesus. If you are on a mountain, I want you to know that we are here to celebrate along with you um, because we're all in so many different areas. So I just want you to know that you're not alone. Um, Things happen behind the scenes that people aren't aware of. And um, the Cantrell family, and I know the Dwelling family is here to support you through that because we've been there along with you. So we just wanted to share that. Thank you guys so much. Alan and Sarah lead our um, Georgetown community. Where are my Georgetown people at? And um, God's just done a lot in their life. If, if, you, guys, if you guys are available at the end uh, to receive people for prayer, uh, if anything about their story kind of touch the heartstring in your story or maybe your marriage, come come get prayer from them after service. All right, so spiritual formation is the process of becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. Week one, we talked about this inside-out growth in Christ. Uh, what Jesus did in you, spiritual formation is what Jesus did in you working its way out of you, okay? Religion would say, change the way you behave so that your heart can change. But Jesus comes and he just changes your heart. And then the process of becoming like him is becoming who you already are. 
Does that make sense? So it's a work of God. It's the grace of God hitting your life, changing who you are. It's a, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are made new. They're becoming new. It's, 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 it's an inward reality that's becoming an outward change, okay? And then the second week, we talked about how this whole control thing has got to die if Jesus is, if we're going to become like Jesus, because it's his work. And as long as we've got the hands on the wheel, he can't do his work like he wants to. Okay. And then the, the third week, last week, we talked about the journey through the wall and Sarah made reference to it. And we're going to actually talk about the wall a little more today, just because I feel like there are many of us who are listening to the sound of my voice right now that you find yourself at that place in your life. And I don't want to move on without giving you some hope today that there's another side to the wall, okay? And so you're going to hear some of the things that I shared last week. This is going to be the shortest message you've ever heard me preach because we just let Jesus do his thing today. And so I'm going to do like a hybrid thing, okay? So say, I, we got you. We're praying for you, Gunner. Okay, thank you. All right, Pete Scazzaro, who wrote the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, another one that I would recommend. He explains the wall this way. He says, for, the, for most of us, the wall appears through a crisis that turns our world upside down. It comes perhaps through a divorce, a job loss, the death of a close family, or, uh, close family member or friend, a cancer diagnosis, a disillusioning church experience, a betrayal, a shattered dream, a wayward child, a car accident, inability to get pregnant a deep desire to marry that remains unfulfilled, a spiritual dryness or a loss of joy in our relationship with God. And this, this, at this point in the wall, we question ourselves. We question our identity. We question God. We question the church. As a matter of fact, there are probably more questions and doubts than there are answers at this point or faith. And so at this point in the journey, and let me just catch us up. Last week, we, we talked about the six stages of spiritual development. Stage one would be a life-changing awareness of God. And I know that's horrible uh, penmanship, but, you know, it's a dry erase marker. Life-changing awareness. This is a moment in your life where it, not, it just doesn't become this religious thing where you've been to church and you've heard the gospel, but the gospel becomes real. And maybe for the first time, like my brother Ian, where are you at, Ian? He said, I, 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 for the first time, there you are, that the first time in my life, I realized God had been pursuing me my whole life. Yeah. And you were totally unaware of it until this moment where things started to break open and you had a life-changing awareness of God. For some of you, that happened when you were 14 years old. For some of you, it happened a few months ago. But you have a life-changing awareness of God that begins a journey. It begins a process. In the second, um, I'm actually, that, I wrote that in the wrong place, so I'm going to pretend like that's not there. We're going to start here today, okay? One o'clock. <laughs> life-changing awareness. And then the second stage you enter into is this learning stage. How many, when you, when you came to know Jesus, you just couldn't get enough of the word? You're highlighting everything. You want to be in every Bible study you can find. You, you want people to pour into you. And it's just like this hunger for God's word. Well, that happens. That's the second stage. And then the third stage would be what we're calling serving. Now, that's when you just realize, oh, there's more than just me and Jesus. 
there's other people that need to know Jesus and there's people that I can start making space for other people and serving other people. I see the needs around me and this is the serving stage. And when you're serving, and I will, I'll just say this as a little side point, most of what we've built as far as discipleship in the church is based on these three things. And we get no further along in the spiritual formation journey because church is designed just to get you to here. If we can get you saved, get you the basics of discipleship and get you serving, that you have arrived, right? Well, what happens when you hit a wall is you start questioning all this. And then many times what happens is we hit a wall and can I just say this? Every believer that is growing in Jesus will experience the wall. Whether it be through a job loss or infertility or whatever the thing is, there will be a disappointing, almost devastating, discouraging, disillusioned season of your life where everything is on the line. And, and you, somebody asks, how do I know that I'm not just going through a trial how do I know I'm at the wall and not just going through a trial? You're at the wall. Here's, here's the litmus test. If you want to quit, you're at the wall. If you're ready, if you're like, I, if something doesn't change, I'm walking away from God. And many do when they hit the wall. If something doesn't change, I'm walking away from the calling of God on my life. If something doesn't change, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving church as I know it because I, 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 I've got, like I said, I've got more doubts and questions than I do faith. And many people who are leaving the faith, it's because they went through all of this and then they hit a wall, whether it was someone, someone they, they, they had some spiritual abuse going on in their life, or maybe they just had a devastating circumstance hit their life, or maybe they just couldn't get their questions answered, and they hit a wall. And, and my question is this, are you at the wall today? Because it's very important to recognize where you are in your stage with Jesus, in your journey with Jesus. What stage are you at? Can I just say, if you're at the wall right now, that's not where it stops. Now, you can choose to jump ship, but if you jump ship, you're missing out on glory with Jesus in your relationship with him. And I'm telling you today, keep going. Don't quit because the wall is temporary if you let it be. Okay, so what happens at the wall is we're invited to stage four. And we call this the inward journey. The inward journey. Now, what the inward journey is, the, is, is this. Um, well, let me just say this. 85% of people, of believers, who hit the wall don't make it through the wall. Because they think it's over. This is too hard. This is too hard. I'm, I'm just jumping ship. Often our image of God when we hit the wall we, it's too painful, number one, to go on the inward journey and start asking the deep questions. Or maybe religion has taught us you don't ask questions. 
and often what happens is our, our view of God, when we hit the wall, we realize maybe the view of God that I had is not really who he is. And so sometimes the wall is for crushing the idols in our lives. And because the, the Jesus that we can build and erect on our own, based on what, what, what somebody taught us, or what we learned in church, or what we just picked up along the way, the things that aren't actually Jesus, when we hit difficulty and we hit discouragement and disillusionment, it makes us say, wait a minute, is Jesus really good? Like if this happened in my life, if this is going on in my life, then is, is Jesus actually good? Because I don't, I'm not sure anymore. And when we hear people say stuff like that, we're like, well, you don't need to, you don't need to doubt. You need to have faith, brother. What if we just listen to somebody who was in that place? Because how many in the room have been there? If you haven't been there, it's coming. It's coming. Just listen. And then what if the church, what if the church, and I'm asking this, I'm asking myself this question of like, as, as a pastor in this church, I'm like, how can we be intentional, not just about getting people from here to here, but from getting people from here to here? Like there's more to life than serving. There's more to life than just learning. You, we should never get over our life-changing awareness in, in relationship with Jesus where it started. We should never stop learning. We should never stop serving. But listen, we got to get people past this part right here. We got to be more intentional. And I don't really know what that looks like, but I'm begging God, like, help us to know how to do this as a church family because most people who show up, not everybody, but most people who show up new to a church, it's because they hit this. It's somewhere along the way. Some of you guys have been coming here for, you know, five years and you're just now running into a wall in your life and you're having the questions and you, some, of, some of you don't want to say it out loud. You've not even opened up to anybody because you're kind of ashamed, but you're at a wall. It's not over. God just wants to walk you through it onto maturity in Christ. And so this inward journey is where the, 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 we're purged of false identities. The wall, the inward journey, if we'll take it with Jesus, it purges us of our false ideas about who he is and our false ideas about who we are. And I got more good news for you. The wall not, might not just be a one-time thing in your life. You say, well, I hit my wall in 1987. Well, 2024 might have another wall for you because here's what happens. Sometimes we hit a wall in our, maybe our anger. We have, we confronted with our anger problem and that's a wall in our life. And we, Jesus, we let Jesus walk us through that wall. And then it's our marriage is the next wall that hits us. And maybe we lose a child. Maybe there's a a loss in our life. I'm just telling you, you will hit walls and you might hit several before you are mature in Christ. But listen, let me tell you something. It's not a waste in your life. Jesus is being formed in you through your suffering. Somebody said this while I read a post this week. We need a robust theology of suffering in the church. Because a lot of what we do is, is as much as, especially those of us that believe in miracles, and believe in the signs and the wonders and God showing his power like, like he always, he's never changed. 
Sometimes we lean so hard into that, we don't know what to do with suffering. Sometimes, sometimes, and I'll tell you, it's a, it's a both end. It's a tension. It's the kingdom again. It's like we want, yes, we go, we pursue that. We pursue Jesus being all he is. And we pursue God's best for any given situation. But at the same time, being willing to walk out suffering, knowing that he is good and he is faithful and he's working things into us that might not come any other way. And so the inward journey is so important. It is so uncomfortable. It is so painful. But if we will say yes to Jesus to take us inward and do the deep work, there's glory on the other side. So I think about um, Abraham. I think about Genesis 12 where God caused him to leave the unfamiliar, to go to a land I'll show you. Like he built a life. And suddenly God says, I want you to move. That's the first wall he hit. Wouldn't that be a wall in your life? You build it up. You build up your life and you realized, like I heard somebody say the other day, I've been studying for the wrong test. I've been on the wrong journey. And I realized this journey with Jesus is the one I want to be on. Uh, in Genesis 13, he splits up with Lot. They have a family falling out. That was a wall in his life. And then they faced, he and Sarah faced infertility for 25 years with a promise from the Lord that they would have a child. Now imagine the tension in their hearts. Imagine the tension in their hearts. Imagine what kind of wall they were up against for 25 years. God said this, is God good? Does God just play around with us? Like, because we know we heard him, or maybe we didn't. And all of these doubts and all these questions come, and they walk that out for 25 years. And then they take matters in their own hands, and they cause marital problems with each other, you know? Like, that's another wall. And then the ultimate wall for Abraham, Genesis 22, when he walks his boy up the mountain and has to give him to the Lord. And I don't even know. I can't even fathom that. But what I'm saying is there might be multiple walls in your life. The key to getting through the walls, number one, facing yourself. Not being afraid of what you see in yourself, but just getting real with yourself, getting real with God, getting real with people in your life. And then number two, choosing humility. Stop pretending it's okay. Some of y'all need to hear that today. You don't have to pretend it's okay anymore. Some things aren't okay. It's okay to say it. It's not your lack of faith for saying, I'm not okay. It's not a lack of faith to say, I'm not okay. You got to believe that. And you got to open your mouth and tell somebody that. Number three, don't give up. Don't lose heart because it's too hard. Don't isolate yourself from pain. Don't insulate yourself from pain. Think about it this way. Things that are going on in your life, you know, um, if you've ever pulled up weeds, you know, sometimes you have, to, you have to get in the dirt and dig around to get the, the roots out or else you just snap them off. God's not in the snapping off business. If there are roots in your life that have dug down into the wrong soil, 
God in his, in his gentle but his destructive purposes will dig the roots out for your own good. And that's what this inward journey is. It's God digging the roots because he wants to replant you. He wants you to thrive. It feels like he's tearing you apart. It feels like that, but that's not what's happening. All right, and then receiving the gift, realizing that God is the one who gets you through the wall. So this, this whole inward journey is more about surrender than anything else. It's not about, okay, where's my four-step plan of getting through the wall, Gunner? No, it's God's going to get you through the wall. I think the four-step plan's got to die. That's the point. That's the point. Like, it's just like, just trust him. Surrender fully to him. The wall and the inward journey is just this big old flag saying, I got you. Just trust me and let me walk with you through this. And then the next one is, would be the outward journey. The outward journey. And that is this. I was serving before, but I hit the wall. And now that I'm walking out healing, I've been through the inward journey. I've done the hard work. I've walked with Jesus. I've not given up. And now what happens is I, because what happens here is similar to what happens here. You go, you go private with Jesus. It's all about you in him. And the same things happens in the inward journey. Um, in my life, I have called it survival mode. How many know when you're in survival mode, you don't see other people's needs because you're so, you're so inundated with your own pain and your own problems that it's hard to see anybody else. So you need to, you need to, th you need to give some people some grace in your life. They may not, they may not be, be able to see others right now because of what they're dealing with and healing from and all that. So the outward journey comes after the inward journey, and that's where you're free, and you actually see people, and you're not serving from maybe a, a duty anymore, maybe not serving from a, um, maybe to get that feeling of doing something good. Now you're serving, and it's selfless. It's the outward journey that happens after the inward journey. And you're serving and you're loving and you're meeting needs from a place of solid identity in Christ. He's taken my feet out of the miry clay and he set them on a rock. This is a new way of walking right here. And many of you are coming out of this season right now and you feel it and you're like, that's me. That's me right now. Honestly, I feel like I'm in this little thing right here myself so in, in certain areas of my life. Some of y'all are like, no, I'm at a wall right now. Some of y'all are like, I'm in this stage. This is not to scare you. This is to give you hope that when you do hit the wall, there's more on the other side. And the final one here is, um, is what John Wesley coined this term, transformed into love transformed into love. You think about what Jesus walked like, what he talked like, what he did. That is, that is the perfect model for us, transformed into love. This is, this, um, this is being made perfect in love. 1 John 4.18, uh, that, that perfect love casts out all fear. Listen, these are the crazy people who move across the world to give their lives. These are the crazy people who are tied to a stake and burned to death for the gospel. These are the crazy ones 
that have been through all of this, the inward, the outward, and now they're so enamored with Jesus, they're so one with Jesus that there is no, no price too high to pay. And they look crazy to us. But maybe they're just mature Christians. And maybe immaturity clouds our view. Can I just tell you right now, I don't know nothing about this. As a pastor of a church, somebody who's been walking with Jesus for 14, I don't know, since I was 14 years old, I'm not there, but I'm getting there. But you know what happens for me to get here? I can't quit. And I can't, I can't relax. I can't just, I can't just put it in an autopilot. I got to be intentional about getting up every day and showing up with Jesus every single day, because the more I'm with him, the more I become like him. And that's all this is. That's all it is. And I'm, I'm excited about next, next week because we're going to start the journey of how do you make it around the circle? It is not as hard as you think. There are practices in our lives, spiritual practices, that if we'll just do, that if we'll just do life the way God set up life to be done with him, you'll grow and you'll become more like Jesus. And so the, the exciting part for me is sometimes for some of us, it's going to be like a light bulb coming on. Oh, it's that simple. Oh, oh. And you're going to come on through the wall and through the inward journey, outward journey, be transformed into love. This is my goal to be a, I, I say the goal for my life is to be a childlike sage. I want to be so full of wisdom because of the journey, but I don't want to be hard because of the journey. I want to have more faith than I do right now when I'm an old man, if the Lord lets me live that long. I want to be so full of joy. How many people have you seen go through a lot and they just get harder and harder and harder and more ornery? Do you know that's not the way? My Mandalorian friends, this is the way to become more and more like Jesus. And it's possible. So wherever you find your, and it's very, to use John Montcomer's terminology, naming your stage of apprenticeship is very important. So look at this. Where are you on this dial? Where are you on the journey? Because it's essential to know where you are to know where you're going. So let's all stand to our feet. We're going to land this plane right now. Come on, Tim. All right. So Alan and Sarah, if y'all could come, can you come receive people? All right. Let's take a deep breath. That was a lot. Maybe I just need the breath. He's not going to give up on you ever. Maybe that's all you need to know today. He's not ever going to give up on you. He's committed to getting you around the circle. He's committed to your growth. He who began a good work in you will complete it. So right now, maybe just in your own way, in your own words, just say, Jesus, I will participate. Jesus, I want to do what you're calling me to do. I will obey. I will walk. I will not give up. 
Lord, we thank you today for speaking to us. We thank you that you're, you're just constant and you're faithful. And we love you. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Come back next week. Remember to invite somebody to Easter happening in two weeks. Services 9 and 11. Come receive prayer if you need it, okay? Community leaders, maybe y'all come up and, and, and provide a space for prayer too. Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.